You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Are you looking for a way to improve your speaking, preaching, and communication skills so that you can reach people and share the gospel? Sometimes it can be difficult to know where to start. From May 2nd to June 6th, Cindy Stewart will be hosting a new online class, Spirit-Led Preaching, equipping you to prepare and release transforming messages. This is an online course designed to equip you. This six-week program includes six teachings and weekly live sessions that will equip you to prepare compelling sermons, improve your public speaking skills, and overcome stage fright. This program is perfect for pastors, preachers, and spirit-filled teachers who want to deepen their understanding of the Bible and learn how to craft powerful sermons. This course provides a comprehensive and practical approach to preaching that is rooted in Scripture. Enrollment begins April 14th. Join the waitlist right now at cindy-stewart.com. Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. Good morning. We're going to talk about kingdoms clashing. The kingdom of God is clashing with the kingdom of Satan. And uh, we are part of the army that has been equipped to uh, win this war. And we are not in this war alone. We're in it with the power and the uh, fullness of God in us, with his angelic army around us, and the power of the saints bonded together as one to destroy the works of the enemy. Amen. We're done. I mean, you think about it, that is the summation of what we're talking about. But there's a couple of things I just want to talk about specifically. It is so interesting because I didn't make it to the outreach because yesterday I was just, for some reason, just completely exhausted. I, I told Gina, I said, I just can't come. Then this morning I woke up. I can't move my head because my neck hurts so bad. It's like, and my head is killing me and all that. And I'm like, this is not going to work for me. I'm telling you right now, enemy, this is not going to work. You're not going to, you know, I'm going to talk about how you're being destroyed. So I am not going to be stopped with a headache and a neck ache and all this kind of stuff. Karen prayed over me. I prayed over me. But during worship, I could feel the release. And I was like, every demonic force that's coming against us has to leave. And we're going to win this war and I am not going to not come because I don't feel good because I know the kingdom of darkness is defeated. So today we're going to talk about just uh, just a couple little things I want to talk about. we got a lot of scripture to read, so hang on, get your Bibles out, and I uh, know we'll have them up there. But as I was preparing for this, I kept thinking about Genesis 3, and we're going to go to Genesis 3, 1 through 3, and I want to read a little of this and talk about Just some of the ways the enemy comes against us in order to try to distract us, discourage us, disappointment, disappointment set in on us and um, take us on a different path than God has for us. 
It says Genesis 3, 1. It says, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Well, it's interesting because as we begin to, you know, kind of process through this, um, let me go ahead and read the next one. I'm sorry. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die for God knows that in that day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil. Well, what we realize is, is that the enemy loves to twist and come against our mind in making us doubt what we have heard God said because Eve was already made in God's image, so she was already like God. She was already in a full place of dominion over everything with Adam. But the enemy came to twist and cast doubt in what she knew was true to make her question what God had said. And she even gets it wrong. Because she says that we aren't supposed to touch it. Well, God actually said in, two, in, verses, in chapter 2, verse 16, it says, um, And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may eat freely, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day you eat it, you shall surely die. Well, Eve says, if we touch it, we're going to die. So we have to understand what God has said to us in order to stand on what God has said to us. Amen. And that's the reason it's so important to write down what God says to you and to go back and recall it and remember it and declare it so that we get it right. Instead of trying to pull it out of our memory bank, we've got to write it down and keep it close to us so we understand what we're declaring and we don't add to it. And we don't take it away because the enemy wanted her to get so confused in what she thought God said that she continues to go on giving up her dominion because the enemy has taunted her into a whole different dialogue that did not occur. Our minds are one of the biggest targets the enemy has. He wants us to be discouraged he wants us to lose our faith. He wants us to doubt that God is going to show up for us. He wants us to give up on the calling, the anointing, the mandate, the purpose that God has given us. And if he can get us at all to come into agreement with him, then he gets a tiny foothold in our minds as we began to wrestle with, did God really say, is God really going to do this? Is God really going to show up? So our mind, you know, uh, it says that we have to take every thought captive that sets itself up against God. 
And our minds, not only the flesh that we struggle with and feeling insecure and all those different things, but, but what the enemy begins to pour out against us when we know that it's not what God says, but we get in this place of uh, going through a narrative in our head, trying to sort through what is true. And the word is the place that will be the eviction notice for the enemy. If we read through the word, when we're feeling like there is attack against us, it is the word. I go back. I went back uh, last week and was reading over what the Lord told me the first of the year for us, for myself personally. And I realized as I was reading through it, because there was a part of me thinking, have I gotten anything done this year? And I was, I was reading through it. I started highlighting the things that were already accomplished and the things that were complete that I had forgotten to, to even give God the glory because that's what he told me was going to occur. And I forgot that it was occurring until I went back and read what he told me and I had written it down. It's so important to keep up, you know, keep those checking in, checking in. Okay, God, this is what you have planned for me. I'm checking in to see what the next thing is. I'm checking in to see if I'm on task. And have I gotten all the things done heavenly? No, because it's going to take time to accomplish all these things. But it was amazing how many things we as a body, as a church family have done. I have gotten accomplished personally, because I went back and remembered. I remembered what God said. And I checked off the things that were complete, and I took time to really thank him and worship him. So again, the enemy wants to stir our minds against us. And the word says, 1 Corinthians 2.16 says that we have the mind of Christ. And when we become a new creation, 2 Corinthians Corinthians 5.17, when we become a new creation, the old man is gone, which means our mind is renewed too. And we just have to remember there is a battle for our mind. There is a battle for our thoughts. We are, even the testimony that was just given, we don't count on the 401k. We count on the finances of the kingdom. And we live in that spiritual realm we can either live out of the natural or we can live out of the spirit. And when we live out of the spirit, everything in the natural is submitted to what the spirit has authority over. So God wants us to really press into living in the spirit. We're going to, I just want to read a couple of scriptures out of 1 Samuel 30, and then we'll go to 2 Samuel. And what I want to talk about in this, this is, uh, you know, David has gone through zigzag. He actually pretends like he is an enemy of Israel because he's exhausted from fighting, from running from Saul. He even says, Saul will one day kill me. Which we know that that is not true because the word of the Lord has already spoken over him that he was going to be the king of Israel. But sometimes in our discouragement and our exasperation, we forget what God has told us because we've given up on the promise. Because the enemy has been so forceful against us that we can't see the future. We can only see our circumstance. And David had given up for a moment. 
he gave up for a moment. 1 Samuel 30, uh, verse 6. Pastor Gina, I think you might have even read this last week. Did you read this last week? It might be, it might be the word of the season. Verse 6. 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. So the enemy has come in, the Amicalites, and have taken everything that David possessed. Everything. His wives, his possessions, his men's wives, their kids. They've taken everything and burned the city. So first of all, David is in the wrong place. He is encamped with the enemy trying to protect himself from Saul. So he's positioned incorrectly. Second of all, he's living a dual life. He is telling the enemy, oh, I'm with you. And every day he goes out and fights in a far land against the enemy and then comes back and tells how he killed Israel, how he attacked Israel. So he's got this dual thing going in his brain. So he decides he's going to go on the full force attack with all the other enemies of Israel against Israel. And when he goes to line up with the, all the kings and all that, they said, oh, no, he's not coming with us. We know his reputation. So he gets sent back to Ziglag and Ziglag is burnt and everything he had is gone. So his men are going to kill him. They're going to stone him. How many times have you been in a situation where... You've held the bag on what went wrong and everybody around you was ready to flee and destroy you in the midst of it. So we have to understand that people respond in the flesh instead of sometimes standing with us in the time of destruction. So here, here's David. His men are going to kill him. And David says... Um, Verse 6, it says, David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. We got to blame somebody, right? Every man uh, for his sons and his daughters, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. You know, when you're all by yourself and you feel like you're at the end of your ropes, God is the only one who can pull you out of that miry clay. He's the only one who can give you the strength to look past what is evidently naturally in front of you in order to fulfill the calling on your life. And, and David had to be strengthened in order to tell his men, get up, let's go. We're taking back what was stolen. And he goes to war with uh the men who stole it from him. But one thing I want to point out in here, and I didn't give Noah the scripture. He strengthened himself in the Lord. He did what the Lord commanded him to do, told him, gave him the strategy. But what's so interesting is um, they won. They took everything back. They took, uh, let me go to verse 19. And nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that had been taken from them. David recovered all. David recovered all because he went to war for what was stolen. Sometimes we have to go to war. We can't just sit and say, I hope God brings it back to me. It is an action step that we have to do in order to take back the territory that the enemy has taken from us. 
And that's what he's after. He's after our territory. And he will use our mind. He will use the people around us to cause us to give up and surrender to the enemy's plan. And the only way past that is to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. We have to find the wherewithal within to uh, grab a hold of what God has put in us, grab a hold of the word that exists right in front of our eyes and go forward with what God has for us. We've got to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. So we're going to do some strengthening today. We're going to work our muscles today. The other thing, and I'm not going to read all these scriptures, but the other thing I want to talk about, you know, the Philistines were these enemies of David. I mean, that's who came against Israel all the time. Once he got Saul taken care of, Saul was dead. The sons of Saul was, were dead. Then that enemy stopped. He never had to battle against all of that again. But the Philistines were a continuous enemy that always was looking for a way to take David and Israel out. There are, uh, let me see how to say this, the way, you, the way it makes sense, hopefully. But there is an enemy that will come after you that is constant in the way that it comes after you. You know, sometimes we'll get something abstract that's not really our, you're like, I just command you to go in the name of Jesus and it doesn't come back. But there is an enemy assignment against you that will come maybe in different avenues, but it's the same enemy that's trying to take you down. It could be a, an enemy of depression that hits you over and over. It could be the enemy of loss that creates loss in your finances or in your family. You just have to know what type of assignment is against you in order to be able to recognize it before it hits you. So David, of course, has gone against the Philistines over and over again. So he goes against the Philistines in 2 Kings 5. And we're just going to look at that for a minute. Do you guys recognize the assignment of the enemy against you? Do you know how it hits you? It's something to really inquire of the Lord if you don't. Because it'll hit you in a certain way. Like I said, it may be in different shapes, but the core is still the same against you. What am I reading? Second uh, Samuel 5, sorry. I went to 2 Kings and I'm like, mm, that's not going to be right. 2 Samuel 5. So David is, you know, going against the enemy. And we've, we've read this scripture before. It is the Philistines. But what's interesting is David went from being the king of Hebron to the king of Israel. So when he got that promotion, the Philistines decided that they were going to take him out as the king of Israel. So he decides, they decide to come against him. When they heard, um, verse 17, it says, now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king of Israel, all of the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. You know, when you get into a, a, the next level position that God has for you on your journey of purpose, the enemy will try to create chaos, will try to disrupt this new anointing, this new uh, position that you're in, in order to discourage you from really pressing through to get to the other side. And when David went, he went and he was like, okay, here come the Philistines again. And what did he do? He inquired of the Lord before he did anything. 
that that closeness with the Lord, that being able to really press in and say, God, I'm not going to move until you show me which way to move, because I don't want to move ahead of you when you may, you may be moving ahead of me to take care of the enemy before I even have to step out. But I'm going to follow the action plan that you have for me. Verse 18, it says, the Philistines went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephraim. So David inquired of the Lord, says, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? And the Lord said, go up. I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David goes up, it has a breakthrough with the Lord, and the Philistines come again. And he has to inquire of the Lord again. And the Lord gives him a whole different plan. You know, the way that we stay in position in the calling and the purpose that God has a, to us is being able to be flexible to move differently instead of stagnant moving the same. The Lord likes our flexibility because what happens is when we hear from the Lord, it's that secret place between us and him. So we have a strategy that the enemy does not have insight to. He doesn't know what the Lord has spoken to us in spirit to spirit. So we have a whole strategy to defeat the enemy's attack against us. Before the Lord, before the enemy even knows what's happened to him. We are not held by the enemy's agenda. We are kingdom brokers of breakthrough through the enemy's strategy. And it's a matter of keeping that strategy close in heart. So that when we move, it is a surprise to the enemy. Do you guys remember that story of Jonathan when it was him and his armor bearer? And he was like, you know, they're the enemy up on the hill. And he says, if they tell us to come up, that means God's given to us. You're like, I don't know about that strategy. But you know what? When you hear from the, the voice of the Lord with the strategy he has for victory and you follow that voice, then the victory is at hand because God has already planned the enemy to fall before you because you're stepping in to the war zone of the kingdom. We don't battle flesh and flesh. We battle kingdom to kingdom. And we are the brokers for the kingdom's battle. And we don't battle alone. We battle with an army of people that stand with us. We battle with an angelic host that surrounds us. We battle with every declaration that comes out of our mouth. There are so many ways that we battle and we walk in victory because of our oneness with God and his strategy, not our flesh responding to whatever the enemy's thrown our way. When we respond in flesh, that just gives the enemy more power because we're responding out of something that God hasn't breathed on. We're responding world to world, not heaven to earth, right? I know you all agree with me. 
it is funny when you think about it, because when you think about the power of the kingdom that resides within us and the power of God himself that dwells in us and the power of the Holy Spirit that has been anointed on us, we've been uh, endued with power. It gives us a whole different perspective of what the war looks like. Because when we look at it from, God, this is your war. How would you like to handle it? And I'm glad to be a part of it. It gives a whole different perspective than the enemy's after me. He's going to kill me. God's like, who are you? You're a child of God. You're a carrier of the kingdom. You've been empowered with the same power that Jesus carried on this earth. The Holy Spirit lives in you. So tell me what, what you're talking about. Tell me. The enemy will, is constantly hitting us. It's just sometimes it bounces off like Teflon. And sometimes we have to put up our shield and go to war. And it's really a discerning of what time is this and what time is that. We're taunted by the enemy all the time. But we carry the substance of the kingdom to take the rug out from under the enemy's feet. Amen. We live, I read that at Psalms 103. We have the benefits of the kingdom. So one of the things that happened Friday night, and I know some of you guys were here, was... Um, uh, while we were having worship and everything, the Lord showed me this uh, anointing that he was releasing. And it was just like a thick gold, you know, whatever you call it. It was liquid. Liquid, that's the word I was trying to think of. You know how sometimes you can see things in your mind, you're like, I can't quite get that out of my mouth. But uh, then I saw kind of some kind of rod or sword or something, but it was broken in half. And he said, I'm releasing a breaker anointing. And I want to talk about that in uh, for us for right now. Where are we right now? Um, and the scripture the Lord gave me, and I read it on Friday night, was Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and with great power. This is, um, I'm sorry, this is uh, Acts 10, 38. And this is the Passion Translation. G um, that is New King James, but I'll read that one too. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit with power, and he went around doing good and healing all were, who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. And the Passion Translation said, he did wonderful things for others and divinely healed all who were under the tyranny of the devil, for God has anointed him. The breaker anointing, and I actually looked this up, um, I think, um, uh, I can't remember who wrote it. I meant to put it on here, but it says a breaker anointing is the ability to call on God to break through any spiritual hindrance, either individually or corporately that would impede his kingdom and his purposes for the church in this age. So it's the ability to call on God to break through any spiritual hindrance for us individually or corporately that would impede his kingdom and his purposes for the church in this age. So we know that the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. That is his assignment against every single one of us. He is going to try to kill you, may not be in the physical, but kill your dreams, kill your hopes, 
attack your family, attack your job. He's going, that's his job. He wants to destroy you. He wants to see you give up and say, I'm fine just being a neutral Christian. I'm not going to cross the boundaries of the kingdom because that would cost me too much in the boundaries of the kingdom against me, the kingdom of darkness. You know, it's much, it just thrills his heart. If we can be nominal Christians that come to church on Sundays, sing a few songs, hear a good word and go home and just live our life, not causing any distress for the enemy. Because then he's like, I don't have to worry about them because they don't believe who Jesus says they are. And they definitely aren't willing to risk in order to destroy the works that I have against them. So there's no sense me even bothering with them. Let me go after the ones that are on fire and let me go after the ones that are about to come to the kingdom that are going to be transformers for the kingdom. So he's after the ones who are hot after God. He's after the ones who are coming into the kingdom. The lukewarm, Jesus said, I'll spit you out of my mouth and devil says, good, because I don't want them either. They have no effect for me. They make no difference for me. I only want the ones who are going to challenge the kingdom of darkness. I only want the ones who are going to bring destruction to what the enemy has planned. That's who the enemy goes after. So if you're making noise for the enemy, you know that he's got assignment against you. However, we do not have to be afraid. We do not have to be afraid because the power within us is greater than any power against us. So we do not have to be afraid. We don't have to look for an enemy under every bush. Not necessary. Because if we see one, we just crush his head. Right? And I know that sounds so simplistic, but if we can get the fire of God in us to understand that it is a powerful person that we carry, that is the destroyer of every work of the enemy, and that that work was completed on the cross, and right now we're doing the finished product in our lives. If we can get that in us, then when we see the enemy, even when we get weary, like David had said, he had to strengthen himself. When we get weary, we have the word of God, we have the power of God, and we have the family of God to begin to hoist us back up so we can complete the battle that we've started, right? Amen. So that's, that's a good word, I'm telling you right now. That is a good word. And God wants us to get it where it oozes out of us. I love that phrase. I read it in something I was reading. It's called, we are the substance of the kingdom. Where we go, we carry the very substance to be manifested in the place that we're at. Um, I, one of my clients, uh, we've been praying for, I helped them do some HR work, and we've been praying for someone to come in, and um, we finally hired someone, but we prayed real specifically, this is what, this is the person we want. We want them to have these attributes. We want them to have this character. We wanted to, you know, we just had a whole list of things. And they came in and we hired them. And um, let's see, this is April. So probably two months ago, uh, we find out, because you can't really ask them when you're hiring, are you a born again believer? That's really what we're hiring. Everything else is secondary, uh, but that's an HR nightmare right there. But um, so we're so we find out. First of all, they're a born again believer. Second of all, as I was meeting with them, they were telling me she was telling me how uh, she couldn't get pregnant. Mm -hmm. 
and how uh, they were about to start IV and all this and all that. She said, when I came to work here, so within three months, about two to three months, she got pregnant. And I was talking to her about, you know, when you're carrying the kingdom in the house, then everybody benefits in the house. So think about it. In your workplace, you, you carry the substance of the kingdom. And everybody in your workplace, believer or not believer, will benefit from what you carry. They can't help but to receive what comes out of you because you're the representation. You are the living representation of Christ to them. And the power that you carry just accidentally backs into them. Right? <laughs> oh, I hit this guy with my car, but he was healed. <laughs> I mean, just think about that. That makes no sense. Somebody explain that one to me. But we care. Well, you know, I believe that there's such a shifting of our understanding and not just the knowing of our mind, but the knowing in our spirit where we're not concerned not that we're not aware, but we're not concerned with what is coming at us because the enemy has, uh, the, God has prepared us for the enemy's plan against us with a strategy to defeat him, to crush him, and to disarm him. So he thinks twice before he comes again. I want him to look at me and say, mm, let me try somebody else. Think about it. I want there to be that level of authority and power uh, to exude from my life where the enemy is going to say, I think I might pick somebody else this week. And it's more than possible. Okay, we're going to read uh, one other scripture and then we're going to scripture, scripture and then we're going to have communion. I'm glad I'm feeling so much better, man. I came in. I was I was hurting this morning. I was hurting, but I told during worship, I said, you know what? I don't have neck aches and I don't have headaches like this. So it must be the enemy. Amen. So during worship, I was like, okay, enemy, you got to get your hands off of me. Amen. I'm going to worship. I don't care how bad it hurts. I'm going to lift my arms, even though I, it's, it's a lot of pain. And then slowly he had to leave. He had to leave. Sometimes we just have to fight. Okay, so we're going to Acts 16, 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. Well, But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. So the men lost all their money, right? They lost their profit. There is this spirit of divination that is so masterful in this hour. They are saying what is Good, what is bad is good. What is unholy is holy. 
there is such confusion being released in this hour of manipulation, of control, of uh, uh, spiritual abuse, of all this different stuff that is happening in this hour. And God is saying, rise up in your discernment and cast that demonic spirit out. Rise up, rise up, rise up. Don't look at it. You know, Paul's, he got annoyed. He's like, enough of this. Stop it and get out. We've got to learn to look past the person into the demonic spirit that is creating it. It's not the person, it's the demonic spirit. And when we rise up against that demonic spirit, that person will be set free. And that gives them the opportunity to align their hearts with Jesus Christ. But we've got to quit trying to make the person okay while the demonic spirit's operating because they are not going to be okay until that demonic spirit is gone. And this is a season of deliverance. It is a season of deliverance. We have got to get a hold of our spirit eyes and look beyond the smiling face with the forked tongue that is talking to us. And we have mercy for those who have that possession or, and are pressed by the devil. But we need to have power to rid that person of that demonic spirit in order to set that person free to encounter Jesus. And that is not the most politically correct thing you can do. But Paul wasn't looking for political correctness because he was beaten when he did it. Now, the odds of us getting beaten are probably, you know, a, a octrillion. I heard that the other day. A octrillion to one. I mean, seriously. But, you know, we might get a little blowback. But it's nothing that the spirit of the Lord within us can't handle. So we're going to need to get our deliverance mantles on and be ready to set free the people that are oppressed by the devil that actually are being used to come against you. That is one of the biggest moves right now is to try to come against you as they smile at you, acting like they're your friends, but they're not your friends. They're an assignment of the enemy against you. And we've got to say, God, open up our spiritual eyes so we can separate the person from the demonic so we can take authority over the demonic and let that person be set free and make the choice of whatever they choose. So let's get our deliverance hats on. Let's get ready because God's going to bring them to you. And you can probably ask God right now, who in my life, who in my work, who in my sphere of influence needs a little deliverance? And if they need it, then God, you show me how to do it. Because Paul just said, yep, get out of her. And off it went. It doesn't have to be a throwing up, rolling on the floor. When I do deliverance, I'm like, nobody's allowed to throw up. So I bind anything that's about to come out. Of, uh-uh. I don't do that. I don't do bodily fluids. Don't. Uh-uh. There's no way. And if you even try, mm, there's going to be worse news for you. I just don't do any. Ask Gina. I told Gina, I said, don't describe anything to me because I don't want to know. I just want to know it's done. But, uh, but, you know, you take authority over what you'll allow. You take authority of how it's going to work. You take authority. This is not, we're not having a discussion with the demon. There's no reason to talk to the demon. We don't want to know their name. 
We don't know one know anything about them because they're going to lie to you anyhow. When we do deliverance, it's like in the name of Jesus, you foul spirit, you come out now. No back talk. I have the authority over you to heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out demons. I'm not going to get in a wrestling match with you. I'm going to tell you it's over and you're done and you got to go. So pack your bags and go back to the dark places. Okay, enough of that. So I'm telling you that because I want you to get ready. Deliverance is coming your way. And if you're not prepared to look beyond the natural with your spiritual eyes, then you'll miss it. And what you'll do is you'll have a harassing spirit that is walking around, following you around, biting at your heels. And you're like, what's wrong? She's so nice. No, <laughs> that's, that's the deceiving spirit. I love you and I'm going to bite you. And, but I really do love you. I had somebody one time, um, uh, they actually went to our church a long, long time ago. And, uh, they used to tell me how much they love me. They're going to be with me forever. They want to do anything I want them to do. And I was like, huh, okay, well, you know, that's great. I'm like, oh, that's great, great. And, uh, but what they would do is they would tell me how much they loved me and how wonderful I was. And then they would stab me. And then they would tell me how wonderful I was and how much they loved me. And I was like, well, how come that kind of hurt? That wasn't really, I didn't feel good when we were done. And uh, so after a while, it took me a while. Because, you know, you don't know until, because you're thinking, oh, they're so nice. You know, they're, they're here and they do all this stuff. And, and uh, finally, they were like, I want to be your best friend. I'm like, oh, no, that was it for me. I was like, <laughs> and that's what they told me. I, I want to be your best friend. I want to be your best friend. I want to actually uh, basically take uh, Karen's place. I'm like, well, I said, you know, I've, I've known her for like over 20 years. That's okay. I'm like, what's okay? That's okay. I, I'm just going to be your best friend. I'm like, I said, I told him, I said, I just don't think that's going to work. And uh, they're like, well, I just want you to know I'm done. I'm like, from best friend to done. I don't know. <laughs> and, you know, at first I was like, you know how you, you get confused with the human emotion versus the discernment of the spirit. And I knew it wasn't right, but there was an emotional part that I was having a hard time detaching from. And finally, I was just like, I, I think that's the best. I, they took me, they said, let me take you to lunch. We went through all this. They gave me, they used to give me a present, give me a present. And then they said, uh, you know, if I can't do this, I'm gone. I'm like, okay, I think that's better. But it, but it took me a, uh, kind of a, uh, post discussion with God and with close counsel to understand that that was a spirit trying to entrap me into a relationship that wasn't healthy for me. But they kept using the things that would touch me. You know, we all have things that are triggers for us that will, you know, that people that we're made with uh, that make us nicer about things that make us, you know, more inviting, more forgiving the grace. It'll be OK. Instead of that little whisper, you're the Holy Spirit's going, it's not OK. 
and it's not okay. And you're like, but, but God, if I could just get her. And he's like, yeah, if you want it for her more than she wants it for herself, then you become the savior for her instead of taking her through the process. And, you know, that's what, that's kind of a warning. We've got to have a heads up about who's around us and who is, we think God has assigned to us instead of the enemy actually sending them to us. And it's not that they're a bad person. They just got to do something about themselves in order to move into what God has for them. And could I have done a deliverance? I might could have, but I didn't think about it. I didn't know uh, until somebody said something to me. I was like, well, it's too late. They're gone now. And I'm not calling them up and saying, hey, why don't you come over? I got some deliverance for you. But, you know, we just got to be on alert, high alert. You know, we are in, the kingdoms are clashing. The enemy is making so much noise because God is moving in such a powerful way. He thinks if he can make enough noise, we will be distracted from the move of God when actually we see the move of God and the noise being, being quietened because God is moving in such a heavy way. And you know that part of all the culture thing going on is because the harvest is here. People are coming in. There's a breakthrough of, of, uh, really even um, denominations coming together. I mean, things are changing. So the enemy's just really going after leaders. He's going after anyone who said, I surrender all. I'm going all the way with you, God. He's going after you. He's going after you. But greater is he in me than he that's in the world, Right? So we're going to have communion this morning and we're going to do something a little different because I'm feeling different today. We're going to, we're going to read Isaiah 53. We're going to talk about what Jesus has bought for us. We're going to celebrate that he has paid it all for us and remember what he's done. And we're going to have a declaration of healing and deliverance. We're going to include all the benefits in communion today. So we'll go to Isaiah 53 first. Has anybody felt kind of that demonic attack against them? There, there really has been. This morning, yeah. And even a harassment towards your mind. Yeah. And uh, I told Chuck, I said, I've had the weirdest dreams and I don't dream these kind of dreams. I dreamed uh, while well, I was taking my nap yesterday. I took a nap at 1130. I was like, I got to go to bed. Uh, but I dreamed that he was in this big fancy car and uh, there was a the road was flooded and he decided he was going to drive through it. I wasn't in the car with him. I had my own car and <laughs> we were following each other. <laughs> so and he decides to try to push through it and the water starts overcoming his car and he couldn't get out of it. And I got out of my car and I was like, dang it, Chuck, come on. So I go in and literally I physically pull the car out, open the door, pull it out of the flood, open the door. And uh, he's like, whew, I can breathe. But I feel like the dream is to say, 
no matter what's coming against us, because it was supernatural strength for me to be able to pull this big, it was almost like a big um, Rolls Royce. You know, it was huge and it was gold. It, it, supernatural strength to be able to pull that out. God has given us the supernatural ability to pull out of anything that's trying to come against us. And we didn't tell you guys this week because we just didn't have it within us. Our building flooded again Monday. And what happened was they're building the outside. They left a hole in the roof because the roof inspector hadn't come yet. So they didn't check for the weather. They just left a hole in the roof. So the, all this whole wall flooded. So uh, 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 Sarah was up here at like 630 in the morning praying. And she's like, huh? sending me pictures. We're flooding. And I'm like, Sherman Williams got it worse. They were really flooded. But... Um, they came in and got it all fixed and everything. But you know what? Nothing is too great for God to give us the ability to overcome, right? So Isaiah 53, we're going to start in verse 4. Surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes, we are healed. Amen. Amen. So let's prepare our hearts for communion. We love you, baby Daniel. Whoops. I got it. I spilled some. Thank you. Yeah, I can do that one. On the night of his rest, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body given for you. Take this in remembrance of me. And his blood poured out for us. A new covenant. Thank you, Jesus. And I want to read this over us as we uh, finish communion. It's out of uh, Moving in Miracles and Healings. So just close your eyes and receive. Heavenly Father, I declare your word over our family. 
I look at Jehovah Rapha, God, my healer. I put my faith in your word. I am following your decrees and listening to your voice. Because of your grace, even if I have not done things perfectly, I renew my covenant with you and stand under this covenant of grace. I am your child who loves you and serves you. As a part of this covenant, you promise that no sickness or disease, including genetic diseases or viruses plaguing our world today, will touch me. I declare that I am under the protection and peace of God Almighty. No sickness, virus, cancer, or disease that tries to attack my body or my family has any legal rights because I am under the shadow of the Most High God, my healer, the only healer, Jesus. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you that your body and your blood has been given for all. You've given everything for us. And we thank you, Lord, that your resurrection and ascension has brought us the gift of the Holy Spirit. That we are not only empowered, but we are fully alive in you because you live in us. We are one with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. And we are seated in heavenly places, hidden in you, Jesus. So when the Father sees Jesus, he sees us in him. So God, we just thank you that the kingdom of darkness will not prevail. We agree with your word that says no weapon formed against us will prosper, that we will stand in position with the sword of the spirit and the word of faith and defeat the enemy for your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So Lord, we just glorify your name this morning. We thank you that the words that you have given us that have empowered us and released us in a way where we understand that we are warriors that follow your very words in order to defeat the enemy. And Lord, even as I'm praying this morning, I just feel like we need to command all demonic oppression off right now, off our minds, off our bodies. We command any spirit of infirmity to leave now in the name of Jesus. All taunting spirits have to leave. Any kind of uh, 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 divination that's coming against us, we just I just see the sword of the spirit cutting that right now, even cutting that relationship. Lord, we always pray, heal them or move them on. If they're our assignment, tell us how to work it. If they're not, then move them out of our way. So God, we just thank you that all demonic that is swirling against us has to be bound in Jesus' name. We command it to go to the cross for you to deal with. And I release now a fresh blessing of the Holy Spirit over each one of us, over our web church, over all that are listening. And God, we thank you that you are more than enough to accomplish what we are called to accomplish in this day and in this hour. And we call forth every member of our family. We just say, um, raise up. We, we say, awaken. 
Awaken them, dear Lord. Awaken them. And everyone who has walked away from their calling because it was too hard, we just call them to be awakened back to the voice of God, that they will come back in and remember how you spoke over them. Remember the day that you called them. Remember the anointing that you gave them. And where the enemy has found footing, we just cut the feet off. We cut him off at the knees where he cannot operate in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ready to win. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.